So the uh, Sunday of the Passion uh, is also what we call this, this uh, day on the liturgical calendar as well as Palm Sunday. And there is a, a kind of um, liturgical movement from the beginning of the service with the boisterous waving of the palms and the crying of Hosanna uh, to the reading of the Passion itself. And this is appropriate. It, it mirrors the, the week we call holy, when Jesus himself entered that holy city uh, with the throngs waving palm branches and placing their cloaks in front of the colt upon which he rode into town. And I sometimes wonder how many of the people in the first crowd were also part of the second crowd that will cry out for his crucifixion. It is the case that the passion narrative, the telling of our Lord's arrest and crucifixion and resurrection is included in all four of our Gospels. The story of his birth, the Christmas story is not, but the passion narrative is. And each year on this Sunday of the Passion, we choose to read the whole narrative from the Scriptures so that folks can hear it in much the same way that the early church did some 2,000 years ago. As I read through the Gospel passage for the given year, I'm always struck at how difficult as a preacher it seems it will be for me to not stop and unpack sentence after sentence, sometimes single words as they stand out as we work our way uh, through the Gospel during the year. This year we're in the Gospel of Matthew and it has uh, some different details that we don't see in other Gospels. One of the things for me that I am struck by in the Gospel readings as we hear this Passion narrative is the designation of Jesus' closest followers, his disciples, his dearest friends, as simply the Twelve. This one was one of the Twelve. That's all that need be said. We know who these Twelve are because they're so close to Jesus. So when it comes time for Judas to betray Jesus, Matthew wanted us to know that Judas is one of the Twelve. Well, you listen for what stands out to you this year in the Gospel of Matthew and the telling of the Passion of our Lord. Uh, listening is an active activity. It, it is not passive. We're in this together. You listen. Hold on to the words. Imagine the time that has passed. Imagine the distance. Imagine the cultures across the world listening to this story on this day. You've heard it before, but never on this day. When Jesus had finished teaching, he told his disciples, you know, Two days from now it will be the Passover. This is when the Son of Man will be handed over to his enemies and nailed to a cross. 
At that time, the chief priests and the nation's leaders were meeting at the home of Caiaphas, the high priest. They planned how they could sneak around and have Jesus arrested and put to death. But they said, we must not do it during Passover because the people will riot. Jesus was in the town of Bethany, eating at the home of Simon, who had leprosy. A woman came in with a bottle of expensive perfume and poured it on Jesus' head, but when the disciples saw this, they became angry and they complained, why such a waste? We could have sold this perfume for a lot of money and given it to the poor. Jesus knew what they were thinking, and he said, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing for me. You will always have the poor with you, but you won't always have me. She has poured perfume on my body to prepare it for burial. You may be sure that wherever the good news is told, all over the world, people will remember what she has done, and they will tell others. Judas Iscariot was one of the twelve disciples. He went to the chief priests and asked, How much will you give me if I help you arrest Jesus? They paid Judas 30 silver coins, and from then on, he started looking for a good chance to betray Jesus. On the first day of the festival of thin bread, Jesus' disciples came to him and asked, Where do you want us to prepare the Passover meal? Jesus told them to go to a certain man in the city and tell him, Our teacher says, My time has come. I want to eat the Passover meal with my disciples in your home. They did as Jesus told them and prepared the meal. When Jesus was eating with his twelve disciples, that evening he said, One of you will surely hand me over to my enemies. The disciples were very sad. And each one of them said to Jesus, Lord, you, you can't mean me. Jesus answered, One of you who has eaten with me from this dish will betray me. The Son of Man will die, as the Scriptures say. But it's going to be terrible for the one who betrays me. That man would be better off if he had never been born. Judas said, Teacher, you surely don't mean me. That's what you say, Jesus replied. But later, Judas did betray him. During the meal, Jesus took some bread in his hands. He blessed the bread and broke it, and then he gave it to his disciples and said, Take this and eat it. This is my body. Jesus picked up a cup of wine and gave thanks to God. He then gave it to his disciples and said, Take this and drink it. This is my blood. And with it, God makes his agreement with you. It will be poured out so that many people will have their sins forgiven. From now on, I am not going to drink any wine until I drink new wine with you in my Father's kingdom. Then they sang a hymn and they went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus said to his disciples, During this very night, all of you will reject me, as the scriptures say. I will strike down the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised to life, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. And Peter spoke up, Even if all the others reject you, I never will. 
Jesus replied, I promise you, before the rooster crows tonight, you will say three times that you don't know me. But Peter said, even if I have to die with you, I will never say I don't know you. And the others all said the same thing. Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And when they got there, he told them, sit here while I go over there and pray. Jesus took along Peter and the two brothers, James and John. He was very troubled. And he said to them, I'm so sad that I feel like I'm dying. Stay here and keep awake with me. Jesus walked on a little way. Then he knelt with his face to the ground and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, don't make me suffer by drinking from this cup, but do as you want, not what I want. He came back and found his disciples sleeping. So he said to Peter, Can't any of you stay awake with me for just one hour? Stay awake and pray that you won't be tested. You want to do what is right but you are weak. Again, Jesus went to pray and said, My Father, if there is no other way and I must suffer, I will do what you want. Jesus came back and found them sleeping again. They simply could not keep their eyes open. He left them and prayed the same prayer one more time. Finally, Jesus returned to his disciples and said, Are you still sleeping, still resting? The time has come for the Son of Man to be handed over to sinners. Get up. Let's go. The one who will betray me is already here. Jesus was still speaking when Judas the betrayer came up. He was one of the twelve disciples. And a large mob, armed with swords and clubs, was with Judas. They had been sent by the chief priests and the nation's leaders. Judas had told them ahead of time, Arrest the man I greet with a kiss. Judas walked right up to Jesus and said, Hello, teacher. Then he kissed him. Jesus replied, My friend, do what you came for. The men grabbed Jesus and arrested him. One of Jesus' followers pulled out a sword. He, he, he struck the servant of the high priest and he cut off his ear. But Jesus told him, put your sword away. Anyone who lives by fighting will die by fighting. Don't you know that I could ask my father and he would at once send me more than 12 armies of angels? But then how? Could the words of Scripture come true, which say this must happen? Jesus said to the mob, Why do you come with swords and clubs to arrest me like a criminal? Day after day I sat and taught in the temple, and you didn't arrest me. But all this happened so that what the prophets wrote would come true. All of Jesus' disciples left him and ran away. After Jesus had been arrested, he was led off to the house of Caiaphas, the high priest. 
The nation's leaders and the teachers of the law of Moses were meeting there. But Peter followed along at a distance and came to the courtyard of the high priest's palace. Peter went in and sat down with the guards to see what was going to happen. The chief priests and the whole council wanted to put Jesus to death. So they tried to find some people who would tell lies about him in court. But they could not find any, even though many did come and tell lies. At last, two men came forward and said, This man claimed he could tear down God's temple and build it up again in three days. The high priest stood up and he asked Jesus, Why don't you say something in your defense? Don't you hear the charges they are making against you? But Jesus did not answer. So the high priest said, with the living God looking on, you must tell the truth. Are you the Messiah? The Son of God? That is what you say, Jesus answered. But I tell all of you, soon you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right side of God all-powerful and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his robe and said, This man claims to be God. We don't need any more witnesses. You have heard what he said. What do you think? They answered, He's guilty and he deserves to die. And then they spit in his face and they hit him with their fists. Others slapped him and they said, You think you are the Messiah? So tell us who hit you. While Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, a servant girl came up to him and, and she said, you, you were with Jesus of Galilee. But in front of everyone, Peter said, that isn't so. I don't know what you're talking about. When Peter had gone out to the gate, another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this, this, man, this man was with Jesus from Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it. This time he swore, I don't even know the man. A little while later, some people were standing there. They walked over to Peter and they said, yeah, we know you're one of them. We can tell because you talk like someone from Galilee. And Peter began to curse and swear, I don't know that man. Right then, a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered what Jesus had said. Before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. You'll say you don't know me. And then Peter went out. And he wept bitterly. Early the next morning, all the chief priests and the nation's leaders met and decided that Jesus should be put to death. They tied him up and led him away to Pilate, the governor. Judas had betrayed Jesus, but when he learned that Jesus had been sentenced to death, he was sorry for what he had done. He returned the 30 silver coins to the chief priests and leaders and said, 
I have sinned by betraying a man who has never done anything wrong. So what? That's your problem, they replied. Judas threw the money into the temple and then went out and hanged himself. The chief priest picked up the money and said, this money was paid to have a man killed. We can't put it in the temple treasury. Then they had a meeting and decided to buy a field that belonged to someone who made clay pots. They wanted to use it as a graveyard for foreigners. This is why people still call that place the field of blood. So the words of the prophet Jeremiah came true. They took the 30 silver coins, the price of a person among the people of Israel. They paid it for a potter's field, as the Lord had commanded me. Jesus was brought before Pilate, the governor, who asked him, Well, are you the king of the Jews? Those are your words, Jesus answered. And when the chief priests and leaders brought their charges against him, he did not say a thing. Pilate asked him, Don't you hear what crimes they say you have done? But Jesus didn't say anything. And the governor was greatly amazed. During Passover, the governor always freed a prisoner chosen by the people. At that time, a well-known terrorist named Barabbas was in jail. So when the crowd came together, Pilate asked them, which prisoner do you want me to set free? Do you want Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? Pilate knew the leaders had brought Jesus to him because they were jealous. When Pilate was judging the case, his wife sent him a message. It said, don't have anything to do with that innocent man. I have had nightmares because of him. But the chief priests and the leaders convinced the crowds to ask for Barabbas to be set free and for Jesus to be killed. Pilate asked the crowd again, which of these two men do you want to set free? Barabbas, they all shouted. Pilate asked them, what am I to do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? They all yelled, nail him to a cross. Pilate answered, but what crime has he done? Nail him to a cross, they yelled even louder. Pilate saw that there was nothing he could do, and that the people were starting to riot. So he took some water and he washed his hands in front of them and said, I won't have anything to do with killing this man. You are the ones doing it. Everyone answered, we and our families will take the blame for his death. Pilate set Barabbas free. Then he ordered his soldiers to beat Jesus with a whip and nail him to a cross. The governor's soldiers led Jesus into the fortress and brought together the rest of the troops. They stripped off Jesus' clothes and put a scarlet robe on him. They made a crown out of thorn branches and placed it on his head. And they put a stick in his right hand. The soldiers knelt down and pretended to worship Jesus. They made fun of him and shouted, Hey, you, King of the Jews! And then they spit on him. And they took the stick from him and beat him on the head with it. When the soldiers had finished making fun of Jesus, they took off the robe, they 
put his own clothes back on him and led him off to be nailed to a cross. On the way, they met a man named Simon who was from Cyrene, and they forced him to help carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they gave Jesus some wine mixed with the drug to ease the pain, but when Jesus tasted what it was, he refused to drink. The soldiers nailed Jesus to a cross and gambled to see who would get his clothes. They sat down to guard him. Above his head, they put a sign that told while he was, while, uh, why he was there. It read, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. The soldiers also nailed two criminals on crosses, one to the right of Jesus and the other to his left. People who passed by said terrible things about Jesus. They shook their heads and shouted, So you're the one who claimed you could tear down the temple and build it again in three days. If you are God's son, save yourself and come down from the cross. The chief priests, the leaders and teachers of the law of Moses also made fun of Jesus. They said, He saved others, but he can't save himself. If he is the king of Israel, he should come down from the cross, then we will believe him. He trusted God, so let God save him if he wants to. He even said he was God's son. The two criminals also said cruel things to Jesus. Congregation may rise as you are able. At noon... The sky turned dark and stayed that way until 3 o'clock. Then about that time, Jesus shouted, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you deserted me? Some of the people standing there heard Jesus and they said, he's calling for Elijah. One of them at once ran and grabbed a sponge and soaked it in wine and then put it on a stick and held it up to Jesus. Others said, wait, let's see if Elijah will come and save him. And once again, Jesus shouted. And then he died. At once, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth shook and rocks split apart. Graves opened and many of God's people were raised to life. They left their graves and after Jesus had risen to life, they went into the holy city where they were seen by many people. The officer and the soldiers guarding Jesus felt the earthquake and saw everything else that had happened. They were frightened and they said, this man really was God's son. Many women had come with Jesus from Galilee to be of help to him. And they were there, looking on at a distance. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of James and John were some of these women. That evening, a rich disciple named Joseph from the town of Arimathea went and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate gave orders for it to be given to Joseph, 
who took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth. Then Joseph put the body in his own tomb that had been cut into solid rock and had never been used. He rolled a big stone against the entrance to the tomb and went away. All this time, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting across from the tomb. On the next day, which was the Sabbath, the chief priests and the Pharisees went together to Pilate. They said, Sir, we remember what this liar said while he was still alive. He claimed that in three days he would come back from death. So please order the tomb to be carefully guarded for three days. If you don't, his disciples may come and steal his body. They will tell the people that he has been raised to life, and this lie will be worse than the first one. Pilate said to them, All right. Take some of your soldiers and guard the tomb as well as you know how. So they sealed it tight and they placed soldiers to guard that tomb. What a privilege to rise and speak uh, the words of our Lord's passion this year from the Gospel of Matthew, as has been done for, as I said, nearly 2,000 years. And so we have entered this week called Holy Together. We're in it now. And we do so with the treasure of the church, this Holy Gospel. We've heard it for the first time on this day, and it brings us hope and healing. It speaks comfort and consolation even to our deepest grief. And it calls us forward where we will meet in that upper room and gather at the foot of the cross before the Paschal Feast and the celebration of resurrection on Easter Sunday morning. So let's go together into this week called Holy. Let's go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.